but it is one of those things. I'll say something to a, a grown man. I'll say, I can't serve you. You're visibly intoxicated. Blah, 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 blah. A man will come up and say, mm-hmm. she can't serve you, dude. You're drunk. And he'll be like, oh, right. Yeah, right. that makes sense. I don't want you to get in trouble, little miss, and walk yeah. off. Yeah, totally. Rob, did you need to re-explain that to us? Um, Actually, I'm just going to edit all of this out. Please report to Gate 47. Welcome to The Insiders. My name is Sarah, and I have over a decade of experience in the hospitality industry. Everything from budget motels to high-end boutiques. Each episode, me and my co-host Rob will bring you a detailed account from another insider from the hotel, hospitality, and tourism industries. Today, we talked to Shell about being left alone to work overnight at her hotel and the unfortunate reality that some guests are also left alone. All right. So today we have Shell joining us. Thanks so much for being our guest tonight. Um, From what I understand, you worked on and off at some hotels for about five years and you have some great stories to share with us. So Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about the properties that you worked for. Pretty normal chains. You're anything you'd find off a highway. Were you working at the front desk or what were the roles that you were in at those yeah. hotels? So I did I did front desk for the first few years. And then I was front desk as well as whenever there were events. I was unofficially uh, event staff, you know. Oh, like gotcha. Yeah, pick up some extra hours here, help set this up, that kind of thing. Interesting moments that you had while working the front desk at these properties. Uh, Well, I've had a ton. My property specifically was right off a major highway in North Carolina, the first hotel job I'd ever had. And across the street was a 30s only club. 30s only club? Thirty, yeah, you had to be thirty or old. I'd never heard of it either. I've still never encountered this what? to this day. I've never just they've been like, if you're not thirty, you can't come in. What a niche market. <laughs> well, Actually, yeah, I like and, this idea to be honest. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe not twenty years ago, but now I'm into this idea. At, exactly. At this point in my life, I I love the idea. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm considering going into it, but at that time, I thought. All right, well, let's just stop the podcast, everybody. Get your finances together. We're going into this. We're going We're in. More money off New the venture. Plus than we ever will off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, the 30 plus only. But yeah, so on occasion, there would be a group of people coming across the street, which wasn't really the safest thing to do either. So you got some very brave, very drunk people wandering in in the middle of the night. You're saying physically like crossing the highway to yes. get to your property. Physically oh, dear. crossing the highway drunk. Wow. So and I mean, people in their 30s all... acting like they're in their 20s. No, no. <laughs> people in their 30s acting like they're 15 and never had alcohol. It's like the first time someone handed them a water bottle full of vodka. Yeah, like, yeah, you want to yeah. take a sip? Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, my God. And they, yeah, so they would stumble their way in if they made it. And most of them all made it. One got clipped. At oh, least. my God. Yeah. His friends left him and came to the hotel anyways. Told me about wow. it. And then I asked, you know, did you, oh, we, we call an ambulance. Great. I don't know Great any friends. more than that. I know nothing more than that. So <laughs> when they're stumbling over it, they met at this thirties club and they're looking to hook up at your hotel or they just are too drunk to drive home and they need a room or, or both. Oh, both. A hundred percent both. I didn't know because I was very green. But at the time when I remember when I was training specifically, this had happened. A group of guys had come in. There were some ladies. And the woman training me was like, I guarantee you at least one of these men is married and not to a single one of these women. And, you know, I don't know, you kind of had to get like, not a thick skin, but just a, oh, okay, have a great night. Yeah, yeah. Kind of attitude. That was new to me. 
because yeah. I'm not one of the, I'm one of those like, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? But that is so true. As a front desk agent, you see that time and time again. And the first couple of times it's shocking and disappointing. And you want to be that like hero that calls the wife or something, yep. but you do, it's, it is it's like not- you become desensitized. Like, ah, oh, this is just another day in the life of the hotel. Go bang your prostitute. Um, Rob, I think that's how we met. Yeah, no? exactly. That's uh, <laughs> what I was thinking myself. Uh, this sounds like our origin story. <laughs> that's great. I was wondering, actually. So. <laughs> so aside from the 30s and up adulteress coming through the front desk, what else did you see there? Um, my most notable story, uh, it's the one I generally share when people go, oh, you worked in hotels. What was the thing? I always tell the story of the Alzheimer's patient who was dropped off by his family so that they could go on vacation and not worry about him. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is awful. Not, All right. Let's yeah. dive into that. It, How did it, <laughs> that play comical, out? but uh, I was working the night audit. I usually work the night audit on the weekends. And in this town, there was... Not a fair amount of nightlife, but just enough. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a, a bustling city, but real quick, Sarah, can you explain to people like me who are not in the industry exactly what is a night audit? Yeah, yeah. So uh night audit it refers to the person that runs your desk overnight and they're responsible for running all, all the reports for the day and you're essentially turning the system over to the next day so you're flipping it to the next day you're making sure all of the financials posted people are getting the proper billing and and folios and all that fun stuff but night audit even in a city that's not bustling is going to see some action night audit is when all of the freaks geeks and weirdos come out to play so bravery that's what you need <laughs> to work night audit as especially on a weekend, regardless if your city is quiet or or not. And, you know, guests always have a way of either walking in as soon as you hit that night audit button or walking in as soon as you take like a giant bite of your cold dinner. You know, (laughs) they're always right there. Nobody. It's a ghost town all night. But the moment you're like unavailable, they're at the desk. Gotta love it. I'm a smoker. So the second I step out, I think it's clear. I step out and there's people standing at the desk. Got running of course, in of every course. Time. Yep. <laughs> and I guess it's not everywhere, but a lot of places in the United States, bars close down at two o'clock by law. So I'm guessing right around then is the time that everybody starts coming and dropping into your hotel. Yeah. Right. And that's why night audit is always interesting. That's when your weddings are over with and they're spilling into your hotel doors as a group because the freaking shuttle just let off out front. Or that's when, you know, yeah, a lot of a lot of alcohol fueled activities. So did the family that was dropping off their their family member with dementia, did they do that in the overnight hours? No, they actually, they dropped them off right before I got on. So when I switched over to my shift, who I was taking over for, you know, gave me the past long information and was saying a lot that I, I was very confused because it involved a large amount of money in the safe, uh, in cash mm. and not to give it to the guest, which is, I assume, Sarah, you're aware that's, that's not how that works. If no. you're a guest in our hotel and we put something in our safe for you, you have access to it. No one of else. Of course. But they would refuse. They were like, please don't let him have it. Oh, wow. So now you're essentially a caretaker for what? How old is he? Unfortunately, I'd say he's only about 50 years old. It was actually Aww. really sad. And he was very nice at first until I couldn't understand what he was saying the first time I interacted with him. Then he got very agitated. So it kind of went downhill from there. So these people come, they drop the, him off. He has a reservation. Your coworker checks him in. How long did they check? How long was his reservation for? How many nights? 
just a weekend or a three-day weekend specifically. So it would be Friday and then they were picking them up Monday. Oh, this is horrible. Do you have any idea where they were from? Uh, no, they were from the town that I worked in. They were going Oh my God, they're the leaving weekend. and they're leaving him there. Oh my Correct. God. Yes. And I found that out the next morning after all hell had broken loose already. And I found that out walking out the door. They were at the beach and they just left grandpa here. Oh my gosh. So what all hell, what was all hell that broke loose? What happened with him? So after I took over the shift and I tried to make sense of what my coworker was telling me about a few hours in, he comes down on his own and he's upset. And he says, they took it all from me. They took it all from me. Remember that so vividly. Like sometimes it just bugs me. And I'm like, who took what? What's happening? Like, well, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, no, they, they, they took it. It's all gone. All my money is gone. I go, oh, okay sir. And I realized who this must be. I said, yeah. are you in room? Whatever, you know, one mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But all my money's gone. I oh, said, God. Oh, no. I said, nope, it's in the safe. And I'm hoping that maybe he'll just accept the word safe and be like, oh, okay, okay. And so he wanders off after a while. But I realized in that conversation, because the way he was repeating himself wasn't the way, I don't know, a normal person would mm-hmm. repeat themselves when they're just trying to make a point. He seems to keep starting the conversation over. Oh, geez. As if it was the very first time and he's just meeting me and telling me that somebody took all of my stuff, like help. He has no idea where he's at, I'm sure. And he's like completely disoriented. I learned that later because a few hours later, I start getting phone calls that there's a man screaming for help. Oh my God. I'm sure, you know, you get guests that are so understanding and just concerned. And then you get guests that are cursing you out. Yep. What kind of place is this? There's a man <laughs> screaming. For, what do you mean? What kind of place is this? What kind of help does he need? Nobody's going out to check. You run the front desk. You must know what's happening. And it's your fault for this guest being distressed. Oh my gosh. Was he screaming from his room or in the, he's in the hallway? He's Yeah. So he's, he's in the hallway and he's wandering up and down. I found out very quickly after that, he wasn't even in the right floor. Ugh. One of these, thank God for this man, one of these guests came out to check on him because another man was yelling for help. So he came yeah. out and he found the man. What's going on, sir? Couldn't get a clear answer out of him. So he walked him down to the front desk. Jeez. And this man was so, he was so understanding. I have no idea who this guy is, but he just got it. Yeah. So I don't want to ask the original guest, the older gentleman, I don't want to ask him, you know, do you know where your key card is? So I just cut a new one and I'm like, you know, you're in room this, you're staying here this weekend. You're okay. He goes, I don't know where my room is. I can't get there. This gentleman, again, thank God, was like, I'll walk him there. Aww. I don't know if he stays in a lot of hotels, wherever this no name person is. Thank you for your existence. (laughs) I don't know about all hotel chains, but I'm alone in the hotel during the night audit. I don't have any maintenance. I have no housekeeping. And the general rule of thumb is do not leave the front desk. Yep. Yep. Unless absolutely necessary. Escorting a guest into a hallway in the middle of the night, I'm setting myself up to be hurt. Yeah. And I'm also leaving the whole front of the hotel to whatever happens. That, that's yep. wild. That's why that's even a thing. 
I get that the chains, they want to save money and stuff, but, mm -hmm. and I get that their argument is that 90% of the time, they only need one person there, but that 10% of the time when they do need two people, that 10% is going to be insane. Epic. And, and they should just have two people working. You would think that all the bad things that happen because they don't have two people there, it would become a liability at some point and they would just keep two people on staff. It's something that really shocked me when I started in the industry. And I talk a lot about how there is a false sense of security at hotels. First of all, those little latchy things on your doors can be kicked right in. They don't really offer any, I've had to kick in a couple myself. The other thing is, you know, a lot of these hotels have a hundred plus rooms with one person working the overnight, if you're lucky too. So just think about two people per room. You as one person are responsible for the health and safety of 200 plus people. And you do get pulled away from the desk. You know, someone can't get their TV to work or they need another key brought up to the third floor and anything can happen in that 15 minutes that you step away from the desk. And it's really a false sense of security to think that you're going to stay at a hotel at night and it's safe. So for anyone listening, just look out for yourself because uh, there's only one person there overnight while you're sleeping and dreaming away. Um, you know, on the other episode, we were talking about how guns could kind of get left at hotel rooms and stuff and people just are having them yeah. all casually and stuff and I thought that was crazy why would you even have a gun but now I'm thinking like maybe I was the one being naive on maybe <laughs> I should start reconsidering how I pack my bags so did the family and we use that term mm -hmm. loosely that kind of abandon him there did they leave any sort of contact information if there were well, any they issues had booked the room so technically we did have their phone number yeah um that was that's one thing that always stands out to me this this man had a really old flip phone i mean i'm talking a very ancient looking wow. phone and he barely knew how he kept opening it like i'm gonna call someone and i'm like okay who do you want to call like I'll help. What do you want? Like, how yeah. can I help you? So we did have their contact information. What happened was he got scared when the very nice man who tried to help him do his room, they were walking up. I don't know the specifics of this man's mind or how it works. So I don't know exactly what happened. What the other guests told me was that he ran off at some point, oh, no. like they were walking together. He got spooked or something and he ran off. He ran out the exterior door to <gasps> the hotel without a functioning key card because I'd cut a new one right. so that this nice gentleman could help him into his room, of course, killing the yeah. other key card. So he's now upstairs on the outside of the building screaming for help oh my god again thank god for this guy he comes down and he tells me what what's happened he says he's out there but i already knew because i have people calling the front desk there's some crazy person on a balcony my hotel did oh not have god. balconies by the way so i'm thinking what the hell are you talking about no one's on a balcony we don't have someone's on the roof you cannot get to the roof. And they're like, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. I have no idea Holy what's going shit. on. When the guy finally came down to tell me, he freaked out. He ran away. I'm thinking, oh God. So I realized what's going on. And at this point, I've already tried to contact my direct manager because the rule in my hotel, I don't know if it's the same in others. If you need to call the police, if it's not get like- Get the manager involved. Get yeah. the manager first. If, the, if yeah. they're bleeding in front of you, if it's a clear <laughs> call 911 situation, do it, yeah. obviously. But in a situation like this, what do you do? Damn. So I call my manager and this is now above hers because that would be the front desk manager. So she's like, I'm calling the GM. I'll get right back to you. Hold tight. What like time of night is this at this point? At this point, it's about, oh, actually it's about 1.30 because I'm waiting for that call about two o'clock when I start the night audit reports process. Yeah. And I'm just oh. trying to stay on task and make sure it gets done the right time, et cetera. Finally, she gets back to me and says, 
you're good to call the police. I'm also going to come down and like yeah. help you out. It's yeah. almost as if you need uh, two people working there, you know? I will say that out of every, not even just hospitality, out of every job I've ever had, my front desk manager at this hotel has been the best manager I'd ever had. She was like, I'm on my way. I'm coming. Uh-huh. I'm getting a hold of anybody I need to. This is above your pay grade. I'm on my way. Yeah, oh no, gosh. I, I, re- I remember finding it incredibly when I realized what was happening with this man and under now understanding what my coworker was trying to explain when I had gotten there, like that realization, I, uh, it was very sad. It was yeah. just, sad. I mean, come on. So um, the GM's coming, the police are coming. Is the family contacted at this point to say like, Hey, come get your man. <laughs> so I want to clarify. Cause I want to, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to. The GM couldn't be bothered, but oh. the front desk manager was on her way. My direct ah, gotcha. manager was on gotcha. her way. So she's on her way and I have called the police and we've tried to contact the family, but there's no answer. But again, it's about one <sighs> thirty when my manager finally got there. She just started running the night audit because the gentleman had come back downstairs frantic that his money was gone again. Oh no. And she's trying to take over like, sir, I'm going to help you. But then he wouldn't speak to her. He didn't know her. Apparently in his head, he knew me. (laughs) Wait, so he had stopped the screaming outside? Yeah, he had stopped this. Somebody let, which also is another issue. Somebody heard this outside, opened the door and let him back into the hotel. It was fucking fucking Wayne. Wayne. It was Wayne. I promise you it was Wayne. Every hotel's got one. (laughs) So yeah, that's just lovely. You know, you got to love those security breaches. Like, sure, you're a screaming lunatic. Come on inside. We have no idea who you are. You could be a danger to everybody, but why not? Yep. Fucking Wayne. So your manager's running night audit and trying to get him calmed down. He's still asking about his money. Yeah. So he's asking about his money, but he won't speak to her anymore because he's been speaking to me all night. And I don't, again, I don't know how these things work. I don't know what, what stuck in his mind and what didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, she knows, she knows, she was helping. I remember feeling like, okay, at least he knows I'm not a threat. Yeah, yeah. I had to deal with him. So she just started, she was like, I'll take the night audit. I'm right here. I'm listening. Like, go ahead. I'm trying to help him. And he's just like, but it's all gone. It's all gone. And I'm like, sir, I I don't know what to do. You know, I, I don't know how to help you. Your money is safe. We have it locked up specifically for you. And I lied. And I remember telling him on your request, we have it locked up till the morning mm-hmm. because I also know the cops are on their way. There's somebody's going to get a hold of this family. So by tomorrow morning, I'm hoping to God that somebody is going to be like, okay, we, we've got it from here and he'll have his money and his freedom. I don't know. This is such a tough call because he is an adult. So how can you keep his money from him? That's a really tough situation. And also, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was places to eat at this hotel, but how could the family even know if he was like properly feeding himself on a schedule. I guess they didn't care. They obviously didn't care. No, I don't think they did. Wow. That was a concern I had with not giving him his money. The only way that I validated it in my mind, my own mind was right now he's not in the right state. Right. And I don't know what state he needs to be in to gain access to these funds, but I kind of ended up treating him like a drunk person, but nicer yeah. than that. Yeah. You know, ultimately like when the cops got there, they sat with him in the lobby for hours and just talked to him Ugh. and tried to figure it out while we tried to get a hold of his family. We couldn't through the hotel, but the police finally did manage to get a hold of that. Um, and they said they'd be there in a few hours and they'd, they'd come back and collect them. And the only thing they asked 
on the phone, according to the one cop that I caught on my way out was, you didn't give him his money, did you? What the hell? I remember I went home about an hour later than I normally would have. I usually would have gotten off at seven. I stayed around until eight to help my manager kind of deal with police in the front lobby. We've yeah. got guests coming down for breakfast. Coffee needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to be set up. Were the people still coming in front of 30 plus club when all this was going on? I will say no one from the 30, I, to my knowledge, I don't remember anybody yeah, you know coming why? in. Because they yeah. saw a bunch of cops in a lobby and they were like, all right, not tonight, babe. <laughs> mm-hmm, probably, probably. But yeah, no, the cops seemed to have a good time with it, though. They were like, hey, we got free coffee. I was like, yeah, have at it. It's like six hours old because I've been dealing with this guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. need any coffee, but have your coffee. But they did take over from there. And I was so glad. But eventually, my understanding is that. His family did come and they collected him and his money and they checked them out early. And that was that. Wow. The cops should have arrested them for abandonment. There was terrible people. It's negligence. Awful. It's negligence. Well, this was a fun story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad that I could give you a lighthearting, heartwarming story about my time in the hotel industry. Uh, yeah. I think when we uh, post this episode, we're going to have to kind of untag it from comedy and maybe put it in the kind of right, trauma right. section on iTunes and Spotify and everything else. I had that issue earlier. I thought, I'm telling a story. It's not funny. No, it's not I funny. Think, um I think the purpose of our pod here is not only to talk about the crazy, funny things that happen at properties, but also the stuff like this. I had this and, you know, here we are, two people. I had the same situation. A man walked in off the street, clearly disoriented, swore that he used to work at the property. I could pretty quickly identify that he didn't know where he was or what he was talking about. But he started to mention names of like the owners and people that used to work there. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So I kind of slyly snapped a picture of him. I sat him down in our lobby. I gave him some water. I sent the picture to a couple people that work with me that had been there for many years. And I said, do you recognize this man? He's claiming he used to work here or something. No one got back to me. I had to call the police. He had no wallet with him or anything. He started to name some landmarks. And the one police officer was like, I think you live over on this side of town. A cab driver dropped him off, by the way. And I had caught the cab driver before he left. I said, excuse me, who is this? And they were like, I don't know, ma'am. He told me to bring him here that he used to work here and like speeds away. Bizarre, right? So the cop ends up, I guess, taking him home. The police obviously don't really tell you in those situations because it's not your family member. So finally, someone that I had sent his picture to got back to me and they were like, oh, that's so and so him and his wife used to live in, you know, a couple states away and they would come vacation and stay with us for 10, 12 days at a time. They liked it here so much. They did end up moving here and they live across town. But it was so interesting to me. I know where you live. And uh, I'm just trying to think of like the people like which state are they coming from that they decided they right? would relocate there. Yeah, we want to we want to be in this state. So he he remembered, I guess this cab picks him up and he he like remembered our building as like a landmark and said, just take me there. I just I because he felt safe there and he remembered mm-hmm. it from some point in his past, but he got it twisted and thought that he once worked at the property. So you just never know like what will walk through your door. If it's a crazy brunch of drunks from the 30s only club or if it's someone with a real medical issue, it also brings up a point of like how many times hotel workers are kind of expected to become like caretakers or deal with mental health issues that we're not equipped to. You know, a lot of times when prisoners get released from jail, mm-hmm. they're given the the address and information for a local hotel. local hotel. If they have nowhere else to go, they end up at your property. And we're not equipped to deal with someone who's reacclimating to society. Like it's not our job. Yeah. And it ends I up being our job. Now, 
most of the time. This was a situation that I had had some alert to. You know, my coworker was like, something's up here, whatever. The other thing I think that people need to be aware of is most of your hotel staff have no idea who is in their hotel. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a prisoner or a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. I have no clue who's staying in room 101 next to room kindergarten lady. You know, yeah. like when you're they getting the calls at the desk, like there's a man screaming, you're like, well, that could be any number of these people that are in our house tonight. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to know who's screaming in the hallways? We've got teenagers. We've got, you know, a softball group. We've yeah. got, we've got a bachelor party. I don't know. It could be all good and fun. It could be a severe, like a serious issue. Yeah. For all I know, someone's in the hallway screaming help. They might really need it, but they also might not. Right, right. I'm really glad that the shitty family did come back and collect their family member. Like, I just can't imagine what they was going through their head, but at least it has somewhat of a happy ending. <laughs> I'm kind of not okay with it. I wish they hadn't. And then the state would have been like, you people are clearly very not. Very true, very true. You're not taking care of this man. We need to find a better situation for him. I kind of wish it had played out true. more that way. And as crappy as it is to say, I'm just glad that they took him out of the hotel. And the next night when I got there, it was no longer my <laughs> Right, <problem>. right. <laughs> totally. So shall I glean that you are no longer working for hotels? And I, I just got to know if you would ever consider uh, working in the hospitality industry again. Um, yeah, no, I I don't have too many issues with it, honestly. I mean, this the last story I told was not ideal, but it wasn't the norm. But I'm also looking into event planning, which is just another branch off of that yeah. realistically. So um, yeah, I would do it again. I'm not going to jump to, but if I have to, I absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking about your experience when the hotels, uh, you know, some things are hilarious. Some are really pull at your heartstrings, but that's all just a day in the life of being an insider, I guess. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Insiders. It means the world to us. Are you a hotel, hospitality, or tourism industry insider with a story to share? Great. We want to hear from you. Go to theinsiders.com and click on Be Our Guest to submit your story for the chance to be our guest on an episode of The Insiders Podcast. Once again, for more information, go to theinsiders.com.